Welcome to the Unfamiliar Shift with me, Ariella, the Boutique Lifestyle Leaders Association's Hospitality Show. This is a podcast about the boutique hospitality community and how its top industry executives and leaders stay up to date on the best innovative trends in boutique hotels all around the world. Each season, I'll bring my favorite visionaries to candidly discuss new philosophies, ideas, and innovations in the hospitality industry, primarily the boutique community. I'm excited to share with you some of my intimate conversations with these extraordinary leaders as we navigate the unfamiliar shift of boutique hospitality. This podcast is brought to you by Solanus, the intuitive boutique hotel property management system. For today's episode, I'm thrilled to welcome our featured guest and BLI leader, Kevin O'Shea, co-founder and chief creative officer of Salt Hotels. After graduating from the prestigious Rhode Island School of Design, Kevin pursued a career in the corporate hotel design world. From working with Starwood Hotels and Resorts to Morgan's Hotel Group, he strengthened his passion for interior design with every project that came his way. In 2009, he founded a full-service interior design studio called Kevin O'Shea Designs. Specializing in hospitality and residential projects, his studio worked on a range of properties, including an executive office at Sony World Headquarters in New York, the Martin House, which has been featured by This Old House in the New York Times, and even his own home. In 2011, Kevin turned Salt House Inn into Provincetown's most stylish hostelry, leading the property into numerous design awards and serving as the launch pad for Salt Hotels. This spurred the launch of present-day properties such as Eben House in Provincetown, Massachusetts, the Chequee in Shelter Island, New York, Hutton Brickyards in Kingston, New York, and Hotel Greystone in Miami Beach. So with that, let's give a warm welcome to the brilliant designer and our featured guest, Kevin O'Shea. Hey everyone, it's Ariella over here at The Unfamiliar Shift. I'm joined by someone that I think is just absolutely amazing. Kevin O'Shea, co-founder and chief creative officer of Salt Hotels. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hi Ariella, thanks for having me today. Good to see you since I just saw you, what was that, last week? Yeah, last week in in Vegas. In Vegas. We got our little drinks on. I was wearing that caftan (laughs) that seemed to get some attention. So good to see you again. I know you're in LA now with a new project. Am I right? That's correct. Yeah. We'll get into that. We're on the same coast today. I know. How exciting. I want to start off with my favorite question to ask hoteliers, especially boutique hoteliers. Kevin, talk to us about your journey. How did you come to enter the hospitality industry and build your career in this community? Yeah, definitely. It was a kind of an odd path. I had a huge interest in cooking in high school and ended up going to culinary school, my junior year of high school. And that I was realized that commercial kitchens are a little bit of a different animal than cooking at home. So that led me into front of house and really passionate about food and beverage. I pursued a degree in food and beverage management did not finish that. I It was a, a hospitality accounting class that had me run screaming away from that of just like, what it's not <laughs> for me. I need to be creative. So I shifted gears and actually got a degree in interior architecture in Rhode Island. And my first job out of college, going back to moving to New York, I was, was actually with Starwood Hotels and Resorts mm-hmm. at their world headquarters. 
I interned during college on the, the Sheridan design team. And then after school, I had a very unique opportunity to work with them as they were onboarding the, the Meridian brand. Mm-hmm. And so for about eight months, I worked on kind of what the Limeridian brand was going to look like under Starwood. And so it was kind of the gelling of worlds. It was the design side met with the hotel side, which never really went away. Because I think once hotels are in your blood, you can't get rid of them. And that sort of launched my career in sort of de- on the design side of hotels. After Starwood, I had the great fortune of working for Morgan's Hotel Group kind of at their height. It was just after Ian had left and Mari Balastrazzi and myself kind of re- rebuilt the design department there and yeah. um, got to work on some really cool, interesting projects. This was like pre-08 when money was flowing and uh. <laughs> <laughs> boutique hotels were fun. And mm-hmm. um, so I got to do a lot of cool stuff there and then really have been on my own doing our own stuff for the last sort of 12 years. Wow. So let's get into, I want to get into how you met David. What is that partnership like? And talk to us about the ethos of this hotel, boutique hotel brand that you guys have created together. Yeah, definitely. So David and I met, gosh, 15 years ago in Mm. Scottsdale, Arizona, randomly. Um, Scottsdale, Arizona. (laughs) Yeah. He, um, he was working for Morgan's as well. He was running the two London hotels and we were all converging to open the Mondrian Scottsdale and sort of task forcing that and had sort of a scandalous inter-office romance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we worked together for a couple of years at Morgan's. He ended up, he was already transferring to the New York office. So that worked out well for me. And uh, <laughs> so we, we did that. And then I ended up leaving Morgan's kind of wanting to get back to some creative roots. So I took a weird sort of jaunt through ceramics at a ceramic studio in New York for a while. And then Provincetown happened, which is kind of where Salt started. And that was supposed to be for us a get out of New York, get out of the rat race and go Mm. have a quiet life. We both fell in love with Cape Cod and P-Town and we found this little inn that we loved and was like, oh, wouldn't this be lovely? Like we could get up and make breakfast in the morning and we can mm. get a dog and go walk the dog on the beach and none of that happened <laughs> we, like, there, there's no dog i don't think i've ever been to the beach in the 12 years <laughs> we've lived there but we built all of this together so david worked in new york for the first couple of years that we had mm-hmm. um salt house and commuted back and forth he was running ian Traeger's company and then andre balaj's company mm-hmm. and those years were kind of crazy i mean I was working seven days a week, six months out of the year, running the inn by myself with a housekeeper, Marcia. How many rooms? 15. How many rooms? Fifteen. Okay. We did it all. I was like, I had never done front desk before. <laughs> so oh my it was gosh! A total, total crash course. But we, uh, David would do all the revenue management at night in New York, and then he would fly up on the weekends, and we'd work all weekend. We did that for wow. years, and cool. uh, so, but it was so what year? Fun. What year is this? Right we. Now? Bought the inn in 2011 and okay. um, it, we ran it kind of as it was for a year and then renovated a bit of it and it launched at Salt House in 2013. So this will be technically its ninth season at Salt House this year. Wow. So, oh my God. So yeah. let's continue. So after that, what made you start expanding after that first property? Well, so again, we had very innocent thoughts on this whole thing. And Salt House for us was really about, 
you know, our collective passions in hotel world, David, we, we complement each other really nicely. He's the operations guy, the finance guy. I'm the kind of creative brand guy. And we, we sort of have our respective roles, but there's a lot of crossover. And for us doing this on our own was really about all of our collective experiences and things kind of came together in this one building. So it was, you know, we talked a lot about this was like world-class boutique hotels, but with the intimacy of a small bed and breakfast mm. that you got this really highly personalized service, but we, you know, we pulled all the favors and got like the custom mattresses and, you know, had really oh. great amenity programs yeah. and stuff that I think, you know, back then was not what people were doing in a 15 bedroom in. I think you see a lot more of that now in the, in the, in the industry. So, and it just kind of caught on really quickly and we, we made the hot list the first summer and it was like, oh God, okay, we're out. this is happening. And we, that was that and off we went. So we, we expanded to a second inn in P-Town and that was for basically so we didn't kill each other and had our respective places to work. <laughs> he had his inn and I had mine. That was even house. And at the same time, that was kind of when the ball started rolling. We took over the Chiclet on Shelter Island. We had gotten involved with the Asbury Park projects. Mm -hmm. And so Salt grew very organically from, mm. from humble beginnings on, in P-Town. So what was, honestly, this is the number one question I always get. And it's people want to know this first step, right? So when you got the first in, what was that funding process like? That was all us. We bought it and we had a shoestring budget and figured it out. And it's funny because I, people always ask me like, what's your favorite of the hotels? And I try not to pick favorites, but Thought House is definitely my baby having ran Aww. it for many years. And there's something really pure about it because I think we were forced to be really smart and creative mm. about the decisions that were being made because we had this sort of budgetary constraints mm -hmm. that I think, you know, we certainly haven't had future projects but sometimes having too much money is not a good thing because you can just make terrible decisions True. so i think it was uh yeah but it was all self-funded okay i love that because that's kind of when i start my hotel whenever that is that's what i want to do too I'm trying to build up that credit score uh, yeah. <laughs> but, so after your first one i'm guessing though with these other properties that you've been getting investment or lenders did kind of being able to self-fund your first property, which wasn't in, kind of show proof of concept for lenders down the road? I think so. I think, you know, certainly our background in New York helped tremendously okay. in terms of just, mm -hmm. we, we've had the great fortune of working with some of the best, most innovative hoteliers and working in some of the most iconic buildings that were out there at the time. And I think that coupled with the success of Salt House and Even House, I think definitely gave people a lot of confidence. Oh, you know, it's interesting. So you're talking about the experience. So it's so important to, instead of just like jumping into the hotel ownership realm, that you're getting the experience, seeing it firsthand from other companies that have been doing it. And it's funny you say that because I was also on this podcast um, show is James Birmingham, the CEO of Virgin Hotels. And he was talking about that. He started, you know, his career through apprenticeship where he, you know, out in, I think this was London, he said, or Dublin, where he had to work in every, even every department of the hotel as well. So he was just thrown into it. And now it's really helped him, you know, 
be CEO of, you know, a major lifestyle hotel brand. So I, I agree it's the experience. I've worked in two hotels, two inns. I was a housekeeper for a day, by the way, and I have <laughs> so much respect. So I after that, I never like didn't leave the biggest tip ever because you just you don't understand it because you don't see it. But that, that's another I, conversation. <laughs> no, and I think it's such a good point. David, yeah. David is the same way. He didn't finish high school. He mm-hmm. worked his way up from a bellman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's he and I have done pretty much every job in a hotel at some point. Yeah. And I think it definitely it gives you a much more well-rounded experience, a respect for all of the pieces and parts that go into it. You know, as a guest, you see whatever, 60% of the operation in front of house, but there's a whole machine happening around you. So yeah, I think getting that experience is invaluable. Mm -hmm. And I will say, we thought, (laughs) silly, we're like, oh, a 15 bedroom in on P-Town, how hard can this be? Super hard. It was absolutely a crazy learning curve for both of us of just, you know, you take for granted in a big hotel, you have a wonderful team, Everyone mm-hmm. has their like areas of expertise. When you're doing yep. it all yourself, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Like it's a lot of work. We used to laugh people. I think so many people have this romanced idea of owning a bed and breakfast. Like, so on the true. Coast, so right? true. Everybody. Yes. And we used to laugh like people would come in in the morning at breakfast and like, oh my God, you're living the dream. I was like, I haven't slept like for like two months. <laughs> oh my God. I, I was like making muffins at three o'clock this morning and cleaning toilets and like, I'm not sure this is a dream, but yeah, it is. It's a lot of work, but it's fun and very rewarding. We're going to hold on that note for just a moment as we introduce our sponsor, Solanus. They are an intuitive property management system powered by a business intelligence engine, offering the hospitality industry a single robust solution for managing hotels, resorts, vacation rentals, and corporate housing. Its ease of use, streamlined onboarding, and 24-7 support make it the preferred PMS solution. Headquartered in San Diego, Solanus is the vision of hospitality experts and technologists who believe it is time for a new era in property management. Ready to discover how they can work with you to elevate your property? Visit solanus.com to get started. You have to love it. I think, you know, not only is hotel ownership, but being in hospitality, you have to love people and just being hospitable as well. And I think it's just also entrepreneurship in general, whether it's in hospitality or just in general, it is not for the faint of heart. I think people no. romanticize <laughs> entrepreneurship. And I always have to tell people, sometimes it's really nice to work for a big company with like big benefits and security. It just kind yeah. of depends on what your journey is. You don't have to be an entrepreneur, which is why we try to really talk about entrepreneurial spirit. So you can have yeah. that and have any yeah. role, you know, but it's taking integrity in the work that you create. That's more what Absolutely. it's about. But yeah, anyhow, the, <laughs> I get really passionate about that because, you know, I don't, I don't sleep and I'm, there's no off button. Like there's no, no off. No. <laughs> you don't get to close your laptop and say off. No, I envy like people that have like quote unquote normal jobs, nine to five, that yeah. literally can go home and just be like, that's that for today. <laughs> I have to force myself sometimes because I'm like, okay, phone off. It's Sunday. Turn the phone off yeah. for a good yeah. three hours, three to four hours. It's my new ritual because 
then I, cause then it's like you, you get into the cycle of burnout, which I've been struggling with these last yeah. few years, especially with COVID. I want to get to where you are right now. Talk to us about currently at this moment, where are you and what is this project you and David are working on? Yeah, so I'm in Hollywood at the Aster, which is opening in four short weeks. Um, what date is that exactly? It, we're sort of opening June 6th, okay. like soft opening. And yeah, it's a very interesting project and an interesting departure for us. So this is, mm -hmm. it's primarily a members club with a hotel component and we'll also have a public facing restaurant component. It's a project we kind of fell into a little bit and mm -hmm. the, the opportunity presented itself. We were like, it's a very kind of crazy, unique building and mm -hmm. it just sort of made sense for us. And it's been fun to learn about the membership club side of things yeah. and step into that space. And, you know, what we're doing and how we're kind of differentiating this project is that this is a members club coming from a place of hospitality, mm -hmm. coming from a hotel company. You know, we are super passionate about service. And we're super passionate about getting rid of a lot of the silly rules in hotel world, mm -hmm. like check-in times. Why do we oh have check-in times? Oh my gosh, stop. I'm so excited because I can't stand you know, those. I don't, I don't get yeah, it. We, no, we got rid of those at Salt House 10 years ago. Of just oh my like, gosh. Why, you know, you wouldn't do that to your friends if they came to your house and be like, sorry, <laughs> can't, so don't, don't come before three o'clock. Oh my gosh. And what's interesting is that in the membership club world, there's even more rules. Um, mm. You know, you can't be on your phone or shut your laptop or put a sticker over your camera. I, I used or... to get yelled at at Soho House all the time about <laughs> talking yeah. on the phone. <laughs> no, and our thing is like, if you treat people like adults, hopefully act like them. It's, you know, it doesn't need to be that way. And so... It's been fun. We have a fantastic team here in LA that all came to us from, they're all sort of experts in their industry. Mm -hmm. They've taught us, David and I, a lot about the membership world. And I think we've taught them a lot about looking at this in a different way. Mm -hmm. We're building a sort of inclusive club. So we've abolished the membership committee. We're doing it all in-house. We are really looking to build a community of like-minded people that are, you know, maybe underrepresented in other club spaces. So, you know, this is LGBTQ community, people of color, women business owners, you know, kind of creatives, all of that. But you could, you could also be a banker. Like we're not, it's, it's sort of a wide open moment to come into this space. And the owners have committed a huge amount of financial resources to programming. So that's really going to be the pillar of this. We have like 10 times the budget of what most private clubs have. And so, and we're on the nexus of, we're right here in the middle of Hollywood, Hollywood and yes. Vine across the street from Capitol Records. So it's going to be this hub of activity. Every single day, stuff's going on. We have 35 suites and then on the roof will be a public facing restaurant and beautiful outdoor bar that has sweeping views of the Hollywood Hills and the Capitol Records building. And oh. it's a, it's this kind of, crazy little oasis in the middle of crazy Hollywood. <laughs> I love it. You know, I'll be there. I'm, I'm so excited yeah, for you guys. Yeah, can't wait. I think it's such a great concept. And I know you and David are just, as you always do, you guys create amazing boutique hotel concepts. I'm curious, what technology are you using? Because, you know, about the check-in, check-out times, what are you using to manage that? So, 
you know, a lot of it comes down to communication. We do a mm. lot of pre-arrival stuff with guests. And okay. so it's about trying to get as much information as we can about who's coming and when they're coming. Mm. And then we structure our housekeeping schedules around that. So instead of the housekeeper just starting at one end of the hallway and working their way down, it's like, mm. here's your priority list. So it's almost... We talk about it like if you were to expedite in a restaurant, it's kind of a similar format where it's like, all right, room 301 is coming in at 10 a.m. So can we try to get to that one first and then go to this one, go to that one? And then I think it's just about hospitality. It's like not every room is going to be ready, but Mm -hmm. it's like, come on in, drop your bags, have a drink. You're home. You know, you're home. Let's get you out. Go, go, go have lunch. We'll text you when it's ready. It's about just being hospitable and work, you know, coming from a place of empathy and understanding that mm-hmm. travel is stressful, it's long, it's arduous, and just, we got we to gotta get you unplugged as soon as you get here. Oh, I love that. And you know, I, I talk about this all the time, but it's we lose the true essence of hospitality, which was always about, you know, it started with the bed and breakfast, which is welcoming mm-hmm. someone into your home and like taking care of them as you welcome them into your home. And I think as this industry has just boomed, which is amazing, I think we've lost the the hospitality essence. So I love hearing that that's what you guys are creating. And more and more hotels need to do that because you're right. Travel is immensely stressful. And when they go to your hotel, they should feel welcome. They should feel like they belong there. Because it's always it's like, you know, when you when you get there an hour early and you're like terrified to say, is the room ready? Because then you get like a no, you're an hour early. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. I love we that. Such a, we have such a pet peeve of like when you arrive at a hotel, like exactly what you're saying. And if the very first thing is coming out of someone's mouth is no, like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. That's a terrible way to that's a terrible way to kind of set this whole experiencing up is that we're we're starting from a place of no, and that shouldn't be the case. And I, I agree with you. I think, you know, COVID has also been really difficult on hospitality. We mm-hmm. lost a lot of our touch points. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those are starting to layer back in. We're certainly finding in our world and the types of guests that we have that they really want all of that back. It's like, they want a yes. paper menu. They want daily housekeeping. Thank you. Want, you know, it's like the... <laughs> Whereas I think some other companies have, have said like, no, we're going to stick with this now because it's it's easier or whatever. But to me, it's like it's lost a bit of the charm. Okay. I want to get something about the paper menus. I think because <laughs> I know it's environmentally friendly. I understand that. I do think it's important to give those a choice because I want to tell you something. So remember I was telling you about on Sundays, I turn off my phone. For four hours? Yeah. Okay. So I'm in New York. Oh, it's so good. I, I I was in Washington Square Park and I was listening to these jazz musicians and I was like, you know what? Phone off. In the back. I'm not even gonna look at it. So then I go, I'll go I go to Dante and they have the QR code and I'm like, you know, sir, I, I actually don't have a phone. <laughs> he looks at me and he's like, What? And I was like, So I can't look at the menu. And he was like, he basically was like, sucks for you. <laughs> Like, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> so paper menus, but it's also, it's a touch point. When you're, when you go to a hotel, 
It is one of the only ways, if not the only way, to be engulfed into a brand culture with all five yeah. senses. Touch is one of them. And you got to touch the paper menu. I, to me, it's important. <laughs> no, and it's, you know, we're going through this right now with the Esther. Is, like I said, we have such an incredible team here. And we are highly detail-oriented. So, mm -hmm. And we opine over every single thing. Like yesterday, we had a 20-minute conversation about the font and the ink on the invitation that was going out. It's that level of consideration that I think makes a hotel experience really exceptional. Yes. And, you know, it, it does come down. It's like, what's the paper on the menu? What is the font? Like, how does mm -hmm. the ink sit on the paper? Like, those are things that we think about. And it's... It's the same attention to detail that our chef is giving to the food, that our sommelier is giving to the wine, the cocktails. Like, And when that whole thing comes together, it's spectacular and it's a memorable yes. experience. And so I think it's, you know, some of that got cut away from us. And I, I think it's important that we bring it back. Absolutely. Preach. Everyone listening, do you hear that? We've got to bring it back. <laughs> no more QR codes. <laughs> Please. I want to ask you something that is also another question that the association gets a lot. How do you expand while staying true to your original mission, to your ethos? How do you stray away from creating a formula and staying uniquely boutique even while you're scaling? It's a great question. And it's something we've talked a lot about internally. I mm -hmm. think, you know, we have from the get-go said, like, we're not going to be 20 or 30 hotels. That's not an interest of ours. I don't know. We don't know what that end number is, but we're very selective in the projects that we take on. Our portfolio is incredibly diverse. We have bed and breakfast on Cape Cod. We have a 91 bedroom hotel on Miami Beach. We have this the craziness here in LA, which mm -hmm. is members club. So it's, it's all over the board. For us, the common thread is our service standard and mm. that's how we've built from. So if you come to a Salt Hotel, you will have this incredible, highly personalized service. We wrote our own luxury service standards a couple of years ago that was sort of a compilation of like Forbes, Five Star, our own experiences, mm. thoughts, pet peeves, etc. So it's like a 250-page document, and that is our sort of Bible. And to us, it's about delivering these really, you know, genuine, authentic service. Mm -hmm. And then from there, that's kind of it. Like there aren't, we have no SOPs. We don't have any, we laugh on development calls, like architects are like, you know, give us your book because <laughs> it's, you know, a lot of the larger brands have these books that are like, this is our spec for the shower handles and whatever else. For us, it's really about every single project's unique. Every single project needs to speak to its location, be authentic, give a sense of place. It's a ton of work, mm -hmm. but it's fun for us. And so we take on, we try to take on just like one or two a year and do them really well. But I think if you stay with us in different locations, the common thread is always going to be of how we look after you. I love that. You know, it makes sense because we don't have time to get it to get to this on this podcast, but another one, maybe at the leadership conference, because I know I think you and David will be there. Uh, the yeah. owners conference. Looking forward. Yeah. Yes. We'll get to party in person at that one. We're gonna get to salt school there because I think it is so integral and honestly revolutionary in what you're doing in the independent boutique space. And you know, yeah. and I and then there's no surprise why that's your common thread is because you put so much emphasis on training 
training and and our teams, Mm -hmm. you know, we talk a lot about internal guests and external guests. Mm. You know, our employees are as important as the people coming through the door. Mm. And especially right now, you know, the industry is in in crisis with this, with hiring and retaining talent. We've lost a lot of people during COVID um, that have moved on to other industries or... Mm -hmm. And so now more than ever, I think the hotel industry is having kind of a reckoning of treating people with respect, you know, paying a fair wage. And LA is an interesting one because I think California in general has always been more ahead of this in terms of Mm -hmm. making sure that employees have great spaces, back of house. You know, I think we're building this huge, I forget how many hundreds of square feet sort of employee area that's going to be, you know, quiet rooms and games and food and all of that. And because it's so important and we're using that now as a kind of flagship to inform our other back of house areas Mm. elsewhere in the country and in future projects, because I do think it's 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 vitally important and it's how you're going to sort of stay competitive in this very challenging job market. Absolutely. I mean, people want to be happy. I just was reading something that said Gen Z, over 50% of Gen Z would rather be happy than make more money. And I that's not the first yeah. time I've read that. And me, I'm the first year. I can concur with that. I would much rather take a pay cut, but be happy and enjoy my job and wake up motivated and ready to conquer the day because I actually enjoy what I do. Our work takes up most of our life. So you bet we better enjoy it. And so it's up Absolutely. to owners and hoteliers and managers and leaders to make sure that you're creating safe spaces and spaces where people can flourish, feel like they belong. It's, it's definitely this movement that's been long needed in this industry. So and, and weirdly like simple stuff. I remember yeah. years ago, David, we were, I think we we're having like a staff orientation in Asbury Park and he made the statement of, you know, at Salt Hotels, a man will never be paid more than a woman, which mm-hmm. like to us just seems like <laughs> just a normal thing. And like people got up and were like cheering and we both looked at each other just like, oh my God, this is like to us, this is just fundamentals. Mm-hmm. But sadly in the world, it is not that case. It is and not. So it's, you know, I think that's that's the piece of it is we, we've got to treat our own. It's our family. And mm-hmm. You know, if if we're all happy, then we can make our guests happy as well. Oh, yes, music to my ears. This is why I always love <laughs> interviewing you and David. Like it, you guys just make my heart like glow. I I love it. I could speak with you so much longer, and we will over drinks next time you're here. But to yes. kind of wrap up our time together on on the show. What does boutique mean to you? We know that everyone has their own definition, but to you, Kevin, in your heart, what does boutique mean? You know, I think to me, it's really about that individual, authentic experience. I think it's not the cookie cutter. It's not the book. It's not about making money, even though that is partly why we're here. Mm -hmm. To me, it's about giving people really authentic experiences. And if you think back to your own memories of hotels and ones that were super impactful, they tend to always be like independent, really interesting properties. Nothing against the Bing Boys, but like you probably are not like, oh my God, that time I stayed at the Marriott at the airport. <laughs> it's like, like, like that's not an earth shattering experience. Uh, it's a, it did its, it's job. A functional, yeah. It's yeah. a functional experience. Exactly. So I love the theatrics of what we do. It's like we're 
we're sort of building stage sets and we're setting up the pieces and inviting people in to experience these wonderful things. In hotels, you have the opportunity to surprise and delight on so many levels and at so many different points in that guest journey. And that's exciting. Like, you know, I love sitting down with our teams and talking about wine tastings, cocktails. We get into the minutiae of like, what does that sheets feel like? And, you know, where should the shampoo bottle go? So it's convenient. You're not having to like cross your hand over something else. And like all those weird idiosyncrasies. But that when a guest arrives, it's like everything's been carefully attended to. And your experience is just sort of seamless and wonderful and hopefully memorable for a very long time. Absolutely memorable. That I did my training with Montage when they still had the Beverly Hills location. And that's what it was built around. That training changed my life in hospitality because it was built around this type of thinking as well, even though they're more like resort lifestyle. But they were like, you do everything you need to make sure that our guests have memories that will last a lifetime. Yeah. I remember there was, they made us in training do this exercise where they gave us a budget. And so I was like a waitress and I had to go to a table and kind of like not eavesdrop, but just like, I guess kind of a little bit. And just so if like the kid was like, oh my God, I love teddy bears. And like, maybe you kept hearing when you were passing by that she loves pink. You could go around Beverly Hills, you know, with the money they gave you to go buy a pink teddy bear, you know? And so they would, they would surprise the guests this way. I know it is all about memories. And If you're just stuck on ROI, 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 there's a place for that. But I think in the authentic boutique realm, it's like you said, that's a part of it. But that's not why you're here. You're here. We're we're all here to make money, but there has to be something more to it. That fulfilling aspect to go down the route of being a boutique hotelier, you got to make money, but it's also it fulfills your life by going down this path. So yeah. Definitely. And having fun with it. Yes. Having fun. Yes. James said that too on the podcast. He said, Richard Branson gave him advice. And the one thing he said was, you know, when you start at Virgin Hotels, have it be fun. That was his only advice. So from the words. David, (laughs) when people ask us like, when, what's your end goal? Like, when do you stop salt or any of that? It's like when it stops being fun. Yeah. That's always our answer. And and we're still having a lot of fun. And there's a lot of fun still to be had. Yeah. So you can be an adult and still be like playful and curious. Yeah. Yeah. On my my spiritual path, I'm very passionate about that. But anywho, thank you, Kevin, so much for joining me today. Good luck with the opening. I can't wait to see the property. And yeah, just you and David got to keep doing you because it's it's amazing what you guys are building. Thank you, Ariella. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And I look forward to seeing you soon. And we'll have a much needed drink at the Aster when it opens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give my love to David. See you soon, Kevin. All right. Will do. Bye. Thanks, Ariella. This podcast is brought to you by Solanus, the intuitive boutique hotel property management system. Thanks for listening to The Unfamiliar Shift with Ariella. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Let us know what you think. To learn more about the world of boutique hospitality, be sure to check out our website, bla.org.